0: Welcome back to another episode of Meet the Creatives. I'm sorry for the delay, people. The, the, the country was in a weird spot. It felt like weird to do interviews, but I'm back. I'm in a new studio, and I'm here with my new best friend, Mr. Aaron Draplin. Aaron, thank you for joining me on the podcast.
1: Thank you, Rob. All right.
0: For people that uh, live under a rock and don't know who you are, or maybe they're new to the creative space, I remember my friend, and uh, shout out to my friend Josh Lepley, uh, he turned me on to your work and I remember I was like, Whoa, this guy's awesome. And that was early on. So can we give Josh a shout out by the way? I think he deserves it. He's the man. Thank you, Josh. I'm your dad, Josh. Uh, <laughs> back, and
1: I do this on every single podcast. It's yes. So, it's, it's,
0: it's That's happening. the only one I'm going to ask you to do. Shout out Josh. Lepley. I well, love that you, guy. Josh
1: I'm still around. I'm still alive, Josh. Uh, That's, Thank That's you for good. Your, your support. So, how about so
0: you? for people that, that don't have a Josh Lepley in their life and, and they have not been turned on to Aaron, uh, a little back story, who you are, what you're doing these days. And we'll go from there. Uh, well, I am, my name is Aaron James Draplin,
1: 47
0: years on the planet. Um, um I'm a graphic designer, you know,
1: and I, I guess sort of a bit of a artist I suppose or whatever you want to call it. Uh, uh, um, but I, I, you know, I make logos and I, um, field notes and posters and merch and, uh, Skillshare videos and uh, uh, and all of it from a particularly uh, either naive or uh, spirited uh, sense of um, 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 independence. We'll just say, you know, and I mean, really, that just comes back to the first studio job that I really had, uh, seeing some of the pitfalls that are sort of in it. And it's not that it's good or bad. I just made a decision that, like, um, you know, with the coaxing of a couple friends, like, you can go do this on your own. So. I went on my own about 16 years ago, and I have never looked back. And um, um, financially, it was better. Um, peace of mind, it was better. Creative freedom-wise, it was, that's why we're out here talking. Because the stuff you see from me, you know, and whatever you guys know about me, and I, this is a privileged spot to even try to talk about yourself like this. It's very surreal. Um, but hopefully it's things that you saw that I was I was making just for fun. And then that got some traction. And then, um, you know, somewhere along the lines that tricked a company into hiring me so I could get a paycheck. And that's really kind of what we've done, you know, in a lot of ways. So we, which is me, but I can't say we because me and my girlfriend do all the merch in yes. this backyard here. And it's it's a it's a two-man band uh to ship a mountain of shit. So all you people who keep buying stuff, thank you, we love you. But yes. uh, yeah, it's weird, you know, it's weird.
0: That's awesome, man, I love it. Yeah, and, and that's really what, when I first, uh, was put onto your work what really kind came across that you know I think as uh, I, I'm in the the branding graphic design space and been trying to find my footing here over the last couple of years and um, seeing your work kind of showed me that the design could be fun it could be expressive um, but also it could like be simplistic and and, and beautiful and beautiful I think that your work while it's fun it's also very like legible and and readable and Whenever I see your work, I just – I always find myself just, like, opening up Illustrator and just making some shapes and taking some lines. And and there's sort of a a, a carefree nature about it. Was there ever a a point in your career where you felt kind of stuck and then, you know, is there some sort of, like, cool origin story there where you had, like, blank canvas for a couple years and all of a sudden you were like, you know what? I'll just do whatever. And then there is born Aaron Draplin.
1: Um well, I think it's a little deflated. Uh, you know, this was all a hobby before it became a job Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm really thankful for that. So my ability to be able to get what was in my head out onto a page for a lot of years was really only through, you know, pencil and paper and, um, ink. Um, and I can kind of, you know, it's a funny way to talk about it, but I had four years up in Alaska, these four summers up there. Um, was washing dishes for the first two. The last two, I was a cook and a dishwasher on extra shifts and on a sightseeing train. And, and, and you can kind of see the, the layers of rock, you know, in the sediment or something of like where things changed for me because that first summer of 1996 when I went up there, all I had were sketchbooks. And up to that point, that's really all I had. Now I had learned how to use computers, but I didn't have one up in, you know, when you're up in Alaska in that summer, you're kind of naked you don't have all your gear you don't have your stuff you don't have all your records and books and things and you don't have you know you know you only take what you need to get through that summer right. and you boil down what you need like to a skateboard a bike a guitar and then my ability and, and, and love of learning and, and wanting to learn how to draw and sketch and make things that's all i had so that first summer you get to see these examples where like i was all it was just like uh Analog, and right. then that first summer you get to see where I would pedal to a Kinko's and use um, PageMaker or uh, you know some uh, Macromedia Freehand. Like you would, you would swipe a little card. You would put hours on the card. Okay, okay. By the summer of '97, I had my computer. After that first summer, summer of '97, you get to see like already like up the food chain that like now I get to be digital if I wanna build something, be it a timesheet for me to track my hours on the train or a zine to to fuck with the fellow cooks or whatever, it's all in that summer contained on that monitor and that machine. By the third summer, you start to see me reach out to where like I would make t-shirts and stuff using this tool. So, you know, that really is sort of the origin. I mean, it was in four condensed years. By the end of that, in the summer of 99, I had already had a year at MCAD uh, in Minneapolis. Uh, I went there in 98 and then worked, you know, did a year and then went back up for one more summer in Alaska. And then by the summer of 99, you really get to see me grappling with like, what is going to be my way? Because I just went to a year of school where I got to see the latest, coolest, hottest shit, which was garbly gook from the nineties, you know, post-postmodern horse shit, right? Right. I got to see it up close. I tried my hand at it. It never felt quite right to me. I felt like I was just pretending to be some asshole from Cal arts or whatever. <laughs> we got to hear all about them yeah. but equally in that Minneapolis first year. I also went to like sheet metal yards to get sheet metal for my class. And when you're at the sheet metal yard, you just need to be respectful, stand up for yourself, take it on the chin. And, you know, so I knew how to handle the guy at the sheet metal yard. As much as I knew how to handle, you know, some really intelligent, forward-thinking, you know, professor from Walker Art Center or whatever, I I knew I kind of got to see that. So by my fourth summer, what I'm getting at is, I had to start making decisions where it's like, all right, what do I want to be? Do I want to emulate all the horse shit that's fashionable right now? And I wasn't into it. I loved Saul Bass and I loved dare I say corporate design, I love things that made sense. And, um, and that's where I just started to say, you know, like, I loved rock and roll. I loved rock and roll posters. I loved rock and roll records, but I didn't make that stuff. I, my focus really was, how do I go make a living? So for you to say like how did you find yourself? The focus was, I need to pay back school loans and stuff, you know, because by the year 2000, I was not, you know, I was, uh, I was out on my own. So what you come to realize is like, I knew clearly that style, who gives a shit about style? When you go to your job, it's styleless. You go and do what's appropriate for your job to get it done. And at that time, it was a snowboarding magazine. We could go ape shit if we wanted to. But when I would work on a different client away from the magazine, I clearly understood they didn't want what I did at the mag and I had to do it what was appropriate for them. So my ego... And I know it's funny to hear that now because of what you know about me, but my ego was in check because it was like, listen, the couple hours you get a day to go do whatever the hell you want, that's but a couple hours. It's from 10 to midnight. Up until that 10 o'clock point, you were making a living accommodating people, being appropriate for the mag, being appropriate for clients, trying to make as much money as possible. So that was my focus. That's where it started. And then in those two hours, that's where you go, you know, fly with the eagles and just go apeshit. And I was just looking at things like, why don't we have some some this Bell telephone logo from 1960? It still works. Yeah. Why do we have to have a thousand things jammed into a web 2.0? You know, button looks like you can pick with your fingernail off of the web, off the screen. Right. I understand. We were. We Bevels and there.
0: drop shadows and all that jazz. I
1: remember, yeah. I mean, we all. We I'm, have, I'm with
0: you on this 100. Well, we percent Saul Bass, sure. Lance Wyman. That's my. Oh, I right. love that shit.
1: I mean, of course, and it's like, I just wanted, I, before I wanted to be, I'm going to date myself, but what, uh, uh, um, Imaginary Forces, which was the hottest thing that was in our school, and all the kids were doing it, and one kid got to go work for it, and he was a talented guy. Fill, fill me yet. in. What
0: is that? I'm a little bit, I'm. I'm dating myself here, but
1: this guy named kyle from imaginary I his last name but imaginary forces would have been the guys behind seven remember the movie seven the yes. start of the seven and those scritchy scratchy things it looked like nine inch nail videos and you have to start of all the movies well right. that's what that look was scritchy, scratchy bugs and shit dying and <laughs> those guys were doing well motion g's you mm-hmm. know motion g's and they were in hollywood and they were doing you know they were all those movies of that of that time um had this art at the start of it and the end of it, it was really cool, right? Nice. So um, they were a big thing that, you know, you saw kids gunning for. Um, and I just was, uh, I was okay uh, just to get a job. So it's a long answer, but when you finally understand you can make a living, then it's time to play. And that's where I started to go after my own stuff. You know? Yeah, I would have been about two, you know, I, don't, I was always doing it, but with a focus right around 2000, you know, to say, when i get to play i'm gonna be on my shit and keep that completely separate from how i make a paycheck you know
0: right i really appreciate you sharing that stuff because and i'm guilty of it too but i i think in our industry there's a tendency to try and like have the and because we're like we're communication designers right so there we're kind of like trained to have everything be very succinct and i always love people that like don't say um and they talk with their hands in this kind of expressive way. But I think that it's so important for people like myself who are coming up um, to kind of hear sort of what, what now might seem trivial, but as somebody who is in, I, I'm kind of, I feel like for, for me and I know that our stories are different, but that, that four year period that you're describing of kind of like the, the gears start to go. And, and those little, like the minutia of the experience, I, I think what a lot of times is lacking. And I know that sometimes on this podcast, I try and be like, you know, like, what's your best advice for entry level creatives? And it's like, well, you know, try your hardest and do all this different stuff. But uh, I really love those kind of personal stories and and your humility um, to to share some of that. So that's that's really kind of cool. Um, well,
1: let, let's be clear. Let's be yeah. clear to a young person listening. Um, emulation is part of the game. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And it's frowned upon because we're in an Internet situation now where. someone ripped me off or whatever you want to call it you know or i see that go down somewhere and then i see a bit of a fracas you know on the internet or something or you know tweets or something um and by monday morning the next morning everyone knows and the person's called out and you know all these sorts of things listen listen before 1996 or whatever um I was trying to be, you know, Chuck Anderson. I was trying to be house industries. You learn by looking up to your heroes and trying to you know, emulate the best you could. I didn't even have a computer and I was still trying to build those sorts of things. When I could get a computer and sneak into a, um, there was a, a, a community college there. I would go in there. I didn't even have it in front of me, but I remembered what chuck anderson's vibe felt like industrial typefaces and things and stuff you know this is minneapolis chuck anderson i remember you know house industries how playful and cool and nostalgic it was you know and it wasn't a dirty word it was just fun it was fun it wasn't meant to go to battle with the latest horse grad student ish bullshit of the time you know where <laughs> things were just discoursed to death i, I understand it's valid it's all part of the ball of wax but no can you just exist to make fun things well that's what they meant to me house industries you know so I definitely emulated but that's also before the internet I knew clearly that you just can't take their stuff because that's not what you're supposed to do you know when you're in a band and I've never really been in a band but bands can't just take other people's stuff they do all the time but then they get in trouble for it so I came from that ethic of like the bands I loved, they were okay with being small and okay with carrying their equipment, okay with making no money because the flip side was they had complete creative control over the art, the packaging, the way they put their stuff on the stage. You know, they owned everything. It was smaller, but it was theirs. And, and uh, you know, just to young people, whoever listening, this is how you learn. You learn by watching other people. Um, but at some point, you have to dig deep, you know, and you gotta go find something that you love and then make your twist on it. And that's where you see it hourly with the people I look at, you know, uh, the young jerks, every 12 minutes, something cool coming out of those guys, you know, uh, you know. I mean, whatever it is. Um, Th- those things are very inspiring to me. You know, I, I, no, I don't want to, I can't go and uh, pretend to be a Dan and Dan, you know, and I, you know, you know, they have the market cornered on that certain blue with that kind of peach color. I understand, you know, there's a shortage everywhere else in the industry because of those two, but it's like they made their own way. They found their own thing. And I'm seeing that with other friends, Clark Orr and Brittany doing their, their Hellcats. They use a certain color palette and a certain things, a certain vocabulary. And that's what it's going to take. And there's, and remember, there's a million colors and a million typefaces and a million ways to do that, and there's ironies and things, and um, you know what I'm seeing now is I'm seeing celebrated nostalgists celebrated, right. which I've been in trouble for, you know. Oh, that, listen, if I'm selling. Same one, here, oh,
0: man. Oh, I'm so happy we're going down this route. When uh, I, real quick, i to not not to yeah, cut you off. Man. I'm sorry. My apologies. But I feel the same way. And I've been posting all over the, the internet. I love uh, JKR's new take on Burger King. And I love all of these, like, the, the nostalgia that's coming back. I love, like, I thought that, like, Cooper was, like, a, a brilliant um, typographer. And I love, like, I, I want it, like, 70s tacky. I want, like, things to be, like, downright, like, maud. And I used to always get in trouble. The things that I'm seeing now that are being... a applauded just a year or two later by our industry as like, Oh, this is so brave. Like, bravo, bravo. I would get like bounced from jobs for like for trying to play to that nostalgia. And now all of a sudden it's it's cool and it's like brilliant, brilliant. Oh, how about this? People are so I'm full of even... shit in our industry.
1: Well of course, but not even <laughs> nostalgia. How about just effective?
0: Yeah. How about it's great so work to... by the way, I love that Bird King shit.
1: I mean you know, every once a year, a couple times a year, you get a chicken sandwich, whatever. If you, if that experience that you get one of those things and you, the packaging looks nice, that customer deserves that. So listen, you know, it's not a dirty word, right. you know, because for for someone looking back at effectiveness there or someone looking forward to, I don't know, neo-brutalism and all these wifty, wafty bullshit type of, <laughs> hey, fine, man. It's all, you could have that world, man. I'd rather go back to things where they they print well, they're clear, Um, they're meant to work on a stupid burger and they're meant to work on a street sign. And they're meant to work on things like uh, customs forms or things like a parking ticket. Hey, you want to work on the latest horseshit fashion that only works in Berlin and below or Berlin and above? And I've been to Berlin. I got to get some of those cool Berlin clothes, you know, like pants and shit, (laughs) neat little folds and flaps and half hoods and all these fucking assholes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've been there. I've been to Berlin many times, and it's like, you know, you guys got a big and tall section? They don't. They don't. But you know, it's not a dirty <laughs> word to right. go back and look, and, and I get it. I've been the source of people's um, ire and um, <laughs> trying to get a grade for some Yale, you know, thesis or something. And um, you know, the scary part is when I dip something in Futura Bold, and it becomes a like a movie prop. Well, that's another way to communicate. You know, ration cans were limited, you know? So the idea is this, it's just as effective to me. Like what's a modern typeface? I don't know, like a fucking Monaco or some like default thing that you see, Ariel or Verdana or, okay, okay. If you take Verdana, And you get a roll of toilet paper. And all it is, is just that aerial around it. Some big, some little. It's called hierarchy. You can read it. It's effective. If it looks like 1947, because it's Futura Bold or Spartan or something, suddenly I'm some retro asshole. Listen, everyone's allowed to go forward, you know, all the way into the future. You know, that's fine. But if I go backward, no, no, no. It's about effective communication. That's our job. Now, that's what I do for this. That's because I just wanted a dumb camouflage hat. That's it. That's it, you know, um, in the same respect, you know, I'll make something for someone who's not anything, doesn't want camouflage. It's about what's appropriate for them. And yet the Burger King thing is interesting to me because if you twisted it one little smidge and put it on IBM, oh, they'd go crazy for it too, because that's not, you know, what I like about the Burger King thing is anyone can go to Burger King. Yes. And and, you know why I love IKEA, is because any kid can go to IKEA and experience good, simple Scandinavian functional design. Not everyone can go to design within reach. I don't like that world. I'd rather see regular design show for regular people because I feel like I'm one of them. You know, and and so so you know it's that's that's what's always lost. You know, in these in this sort of nuance of some the, the easy target of going after you or going after me or going after someone. There's this guy I've been watching. His name is Robert Beatty. um, And he does these cool, like, they look like Salvador Dali kind of 70s era airbrushed um, album covers. And I got to tell you, he gets to work on all these sort of newfangled um, cool bands, and they want that kind of soft look and stuff. And, And I listen to a lot of those bands. But because he's kind of cool he get does he get a pass well i've seen some criticism of the guy and it was like i just went and left a comment and said you know what when i got the new william tyler record i didn't know it was him that this guy did it i just liked the vibe william hired the. you know this is a i've never met the guy but i'm a big fan of this band called lamb chop and mm-hmm. lamb chop had this guitar player from nashville called william tyler just look him up. He's awesome. Um, he's kind of a art, maybe a 35 year old, uh, John Fahey or something. So, uh, I'm a fan, but when I got his record cover, it was like, this just feels kind of like what the shit sounds like. And then when you go and see the criticism, it's like, man, someone got there. They were doing it on Nick Drake records back in, you know, 1971. And then it took a, you know. You had to have go-go's and shit happen and punk rock and post-punk and, you know, indie synth and, you know, eighty synth. You had to have Michael Jackson and shit. That all had to happen. It's okay to go back to it. It's another yeah. way to communicate. It's another way to make a form. So, you know, someone gets a pass. Well, you know what? Whatever, man. I, I know I'm a big gorilla and i am got a face of, a, you know, it's tricky and all this shit. And I'm an easy target because it happens. But, you know, well, you know, this shit's cyclical. And Rob, what, you said 29? Yeah. Five years from now, you're going to see things from a couple years ago that you're like, man, they were coming after that people for the, you know, it's going to happen again in five years.
0: Yeah, I'm starting now, to see that already. Even I've only really been like a work working professional, I guess you'd say, for like the past five years and I've, I've seen it come and go. It was like like drop shadows and devils were like the devil and and then and, and like gradients and stuff like that. We're like out. Like when I was in design school, they were like, nobody uses gradients. And then Instagram comes along with that gradient, and you just can't shake it. And it just it comes and goes.
1: It's tribal, okay. And what? And here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. You know, I, and I, I, I don't know. You know, here's, here's a bottle of water. Okay, it's right out of the <laughs> toilet. All right. We, we have <laughs> a recycling program here. We just let the like, okay. And you know, listen. There's someone that drinks the water. Like you know, they take the drink. Like, like they go to sale. Oh, Okay. And then there's some motherfucker tasting just goes splash all over because it's the crazy way. Listen, now you see people stretching type to fuck with it. Hey, it's all part of the deal. You know,
0: yeah.
1: um, people putting a thousand gradients on a page or stacking a thousand things because it's crazy or, you know, uh, thick to thin. Listen, listen, this is what they did in the 90s. It's going to happen again. Um, great. Because that to me is, and, and the hair sound like an asshole, it's fashion. It just yes, it just comes and goes, and it's frivolous, and 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 they they they're, they're like uh, self-eating, you know, like they just eat each other. Rah, rah 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 Oh, that guy sucks. He's good. Six months later, he's going to do it. He try to get an edge. Listen, Helvetica Bold works from sixty one up until twenty twenty one. It still works. I'm okay with that. I yes. can just stick with that it's a stupid space shuttle shirt. I didn't need to win an award. I didn't need to change culture. I wanted to say I missed the space shuttle because I was raised on it. That's it. And that's okay to operate in. So, you know, to anyone who's listening, who's young and, you know, on the forefront of this, you know, on the foreskin of graphic design, just really in the (laughs) folds of graphic design, fucking chill out, fucking chill out. You know, relax. Remember all your comments are seen. They're all seen for as far as, you know, and your behavior, you know, as it goes, I got people who come after me, man, about this stuff. And, you know, they're telling me I suck. Okay. And then you look at their stuff, and there's just some very simple math and angle to the dangle of this stuff. The meaner of the comments divided by the coefficient of the hypotenuse to equals a shittier portfolio every single time. So I understand that people are hurting and freaked out, and I, you're easy to lash out. I'm easy to lash out at, and the next one down the line, you know. But I get to hear the stories backstage where it affected someone, and it affects me. You know, I'm, I'm a human being. I've heard the stories backstage where people have said. Yeah. you know i quit doing that thing that you knew me for um because everyone was doing it you know and it was just like oh crap well you hit something so beautiful that was effective and that everyone could get to like frankly i couldn't go make what that, Robert, that Beatty guy's doing i couldn't i probably I, I, I don't know i could sketch i could do a little uh, diffused you know air look you know in photoshop i maybe i could get there but let him be that You know, I get to enjoy it as a fan, you know? And, um, you know, it's just weird because all this stuff is cyclical. And really, you know, my focus uh, was to make a living first. And then all the frivolous shit, that was icing on the cake. Some cakes don't have icing. I was okay with it just being, this is what I get to do to make a living to pay for my school loan, um, house payment, things and stuff. I'm okay to live there because it's better than when I was washing dishes. I know that sounds juvenile or something, or kind of a, you know, a reductionist, you know, simple little 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 plot twist of like it's better than me going back to making pizza. But that's like <laughs> that's kind of all I knew, you know, yeah. in some respects. When you go up and you wash those dishes it's a pure thing. And yes, people are beautiful, happy hikers, and you're all around all that stuff. Well, people's, my, 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 my uh, goal that summer was to get a computer. Other people's goal, and it's just as wonderful, whatever, was just to have a killer summer up in Alaska, hiking, fishing, dancing, fighting, fucking everything under the sun. I mean, and, and then doing that for three days and then going to work for five days, doing that for three, had a great youth, right? On my, you know, there were eight-day cycles. you go up and down, day off, up and down, three days off, right? So in those eight days, you had four days off in in Anchorage and four days on the rail. But I would do this thing where I'd go up and down, day off, up and down, day off, and then do one more in the three days. So I'd get six of eight days. See what I'm saying? Because that meant over the course of the summer, I had 33% more money or whatever you want to call it, right? Or whatever it was. And uh, so I did a lot of extra runs. My focus was to learn the machine Um, I remember pedaling to uh, towards the end of the summer, you pedal over to a Barnes and Noble and they might have the design annual there, you know, communication arts. Yes. And uh, um, if someone didn't buy it, then they have a couple copies up in Alaska. And I would sit and read that thing cover to cover and look, this was before phones. This was before uh, things and stuff. And I would just be so inspired to learn about aesthetic apparatus or whatever thing I saw in 98 and 99 that I could go learn about later. And then yeah, um, see their little twist and their little turn and then try to make my own, you know? And yet clearly be okay with, I may never get to be in communication arts. So what, you know, there's no sash that says I'm the best. You're the best. You're the worst. I'm the last, you know, I'm the, that's why I did a t-shirt for this country rock and roller named Chris Stapleton. Who's a big act. I know Chris Stapleton. Yeah. Well, I I got good taste. I I didn't know it. (laughs) I I, I just saw his record at my record store. So I thought, okay, that means he's kind of an indie guy. Jason Isbell, Sturgill Simpson, one of those sorts of, I love
0: those. I know Isbell
1: Isbell from drive by truckers. Right. But he will never become a Luke Bryan and I'm okay with that. Yes. Chris Stapleton's getting close. And yet when I made a t-shirt for Chris Stapleton, I said something like, you know, Nashville's 47th fastest guitar player. And he loved it because if you can laugh at yourself and realize it's okay to be number 47, (laughs) let number one, two, and three, but whatever the fuck stupid, you know, you can have a nice life at number 47 too. If you're just okay with understanding that those numbers don't mean shit, you know? So, um, you know, that came to me naturally this sense of humor and this sense of like trying not to take myself too seriously absolutely that was in minneapolis because i got to meet some serious graphic designers yeah (laughs) i mean universe love them you know god love them whoever um you know may 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 she love them you know uh uh i don't know you know it's it's uh they're still taking themselves seriously i can tell
0: you a funny little story sure Uh, We'll see what happens here. Well, this is easy, I love it. <laughs> I love sitting back and listening, it's fun. Well, there, It makes my fable, job easy. There's a fable to
1: this. Um, when I went to Minneapolis to go to school, uh, to MCAD to go do my um, walkthrough, I can remember every classroom, pretty much. I can remember what it felt like. I can remember the catalog in my hand. This is 23 years ago in, in 1997. And I remember that afternoon because it was hyper uh, real um, it was technicolor. It was this like weird thing, like this could be my life if I could get into the school and I was taking notes. Right. And while we were there, the one of the admissions women, she and her name was Rebecca Haas. She was great. You know, she was nice to me because uh, one week before that I went to my ad in Milwaukee. And the woman who walked me through was mean. Okay. So, um, I wrote about this in the book. Well, she was mean at my ad in Milwaukee and I get up to Minneapolis. I'm school shopping and she was this Rebecca House is really cool. So I won't name the next name, but I get walked through the school. I see all the stuff. I can remember it. And then I get back to her office and she says, Hey, I just heard someone's name is up in, uh, the screen printing shop and you need to go meet him so I, I, I who, who is this you know and she's oh he's this hot shit designer and he's this and that and this in Minneapolis and he's worked at agencies I, oh okay so I go up there and I just know on the way up to this thing like I need to be gentle I need to approach you know who am I to him well he doesn't know who I am I'm just this kid excited to come to this school and I approach him like Jen I, I, hi uh, my name's Aaron Aaron Draplin and I was told to come ask you about the school here from Rebecca. It's not that he was a dick; he was, but <laughs> but I you know it's it's he doesn't he doesn't have to say anything to me you know I was gentle and I and then when I sensed quickly that he wasn't gonna you know he kind of said yeah 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 I'm a teacher here yeah yeah, yeah oh yeah what, what are you you know he didn't ask anything really I, I didn't expect him to but I just kind of I got out of his hair I got out of his hair I just was like um, thank you Um, you know so and so. You know you were recommended and i just wanted to see what you thought of the place and you get back to your thing and i left and i I got over um so i remember the name and i would see his work while i was at minneapolis because yes he he was one of the names you know ripping around town there but it looked like the 90s and what i mean by that it was as forgettable as the day is fucking long and yet you put it right next to the next piece by charles spencer anderson and i'm biased but it, that looked fresh and exciting. You put it next to the next thing I saw from, I mean, whatever I was looking at there, fuck it, going back to the, 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 the sign at the sheet metal plant I would go to, it was more exciting than this highfalutin pretending this guy was doing, okay? So here's what's interesting. All these years later, I became a something. And about 10 years ago, I got an email from so-and-so saying something to the effect of, hey, if you ever have extra jobs, let me know, because I'm looking for work. You seem to have done well for yourself. This is probably 2011 or 12. And out of curiosity, I went and clicked on his shit and his portfolio, it never changed. He was still holding on to that horse shit from the 90s. And that's a word to the warning, to the wise, to the whatever, to everyone listening here that you have to evolve (laughs) and you cannot hold on to that stuff and then be bitter. Like he was that people weren't interested in the garbage he made back in 95. No. What did you make six months ago? And how does that look? You know, what does that look like? And how did that change and whatever? And I just, honestly, I felt bad for the guy. He took the bait then and, was saddled with all that just riff raffery. We're talking, you know, sprinkly, sprinkly. You know, damaged type, scribble, scratchle. Put it all on a page. Shift the page. It all falls into a corner. Slam it, and then that's postmodern graphic design. But he was still doing that shit, and it did not work. You couldn't read it. It wasn't effective. It was cool then. So here's what I mean. I just was kind of like, well, fuck you. <laughs> I'm not even. I didn't write the guy back. I'd rather have written the kid back who said to me, Drapil, I don't really even like what you do, but I really appreciate that you tried new, some new things. I get those all the time. And I just tell tell that young lady, like, it's okay. You go do whatever you got to do. You got to be you. You got to go after your stuff because here, you know, I don't need to tell her that 17 minute, you know, diatribe I just shared with you there, but <laughs> I just kind of say, like, listen, people are still locked in those things. And and there's a safety in, in your beautiful typography, and there's a safety in just the the basic tenets of graphic design, which is the ability to communicate in an effective way. And sometimes be really wild, and sometimes be really pretty, sometimes it'd be really colorful, sometimes be Massimo Vignelli monotone. You know what I mean? I love that stuff, too. I love that stuff. There's a place for that, too. Right. So, um anyway, that guy, you know, it's it's, it's just interesting. And, and then here's where I'll put the bow on this whole it's stupid cool. <laughs> uh, I just talked. To we, we can chop it up too. Don't worry about it. It's, well, I mean, I just talked to someone who <laughs> kind of knew him, and uh, I told the same story on the phone. Oh, fuck that guy! He was a dick, and then this, and then that, and that's that. And the guy goes, "You know what? He's still kind of mean." And that's it. And I was just like, "All right, you know, listen, that. If that's your deal, cool. But I'm never going to be just mean to some kid." Now, I understand if you're in the middle of pulling screens, and then here comes, you know, this, you know, ape shit, whatever. I understand, but. I've always thought about those moments. And I've, and, I, and I've thought about when I got to meet Michael Beirut and he stopped what he was doing. He sensed that I was excited and he talked to me. And I will remember all of that because he was a hero. I have his book. And and now we talk every now and again, you know, every little, little bit. Right. But that meant the world to me. But my hands were probably shaking because I have kids come up to me now in the airport and their hands are shaking. And I know how to handle it, you
0: know? Yeah. But anyway, yeah, Michael was uh, was one of the first guests actually on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I I originally reached out to uh, to Debbie Millman, who's coming back on the show uh, soon, and um, and I said, you know, like I, I actually asked, I was talking to her, and also went to Sean Adams, and uh, I was like, yeah. you know, I I got I got to meet.
1: Guy. What's up? Sweet guy. Yeah. Oh, I love
0: Sean Adams. Too. He was the first. He was the first uh, episode. Um, I, I got some luck early on, but I remember when I met, uh, I remember meeting Michael Beirut was just like so cool and he was so humble and kind and and, and generous. And, um, and I, I don't think that, I mean, maybe he does, and I'm not just saying Michael in in general, but kindness and generosity and and patience and moments like that, you know, I remember it was. There wasn't a whole lot of momentum on on my podcast, but I remember thinking to myself, if Michael Beirut, the friggin the king of New York as far as I'm concerned, what you know, one of them. Yeah, <laughs> I don't wanna get to yeah. offend anybody here. Well, um but if if he could be kind and generous and, and if he has time for me, I remember actually I was up I remember where I was when I when I wrote him to be on the show and, and it's a nerve wracking thing when you reach out and this will be a nice little segue here into networking and stuff like that. Although I think we've covered a lot of it. Um, I remember I was like nervous as hell. I was at my grandparents' house and I like took a shot of whiskey and I was like, here we go. I'm going to write this thing to Michael Beirut. And I told him, uh, I just got your book, How To. I'm showing how young I am here, but I just got your book, How To. I love it. It's amazing. I haven't put it down. It's, uh, it's falling apart. I'd love to meet you. Uh, let me know. And I was so convinced that he would never get back, that he would never say anything. And I remember he wrote me back the next day at 5 o'clock in the morning. I later found out that we're, we're practically neighbors. He lives in Westchester. I'm just over the other side of the bridge. Okay. And he was really nice and was like, yeah, I'd be thrilled to do it. And then I later met him at uh, at the Rizzoli bookstore in, in, uh, in New York. He may not have been there before. But I, I remember thinking, it's like if someone of that stature can get back to me – then i so owe it to my contemporaries and the people that are just yeah. like me to to build the podcast so um yeah. i mean this sometimes I mean, it's just lost on people how a little act of kindness cuz for him he probably like doesn't even remember who i am i mean he guy, might we
1: we are, we are uh, brand building for him right now
0: yeah go buy the book yeah. how to now available on amazon
1: by being somewhat of a human <laughs> being you know and like you know listen yeah you know it warms the heart because listen he's a busy guy Right. doing brands that are bigger than all of us combined and yet he's, just, he's still kind of a kid from cleveland you know right yes and 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 understands what it's like to leave the smaller city and go to the big city and um
0: it just well, practically the neighbors which is so crazy like that just i mean that currency awesome. that
1: currency is really impressive to me because millman's got a lot of important shit to do you know of course and these are some you know sean adams come on you know but they also understand that someone gave them an, a, a, a somewhere. Someone gave them a little a, a push, you know, and yeah. that's how this stuff really goes. So I just try to think about it. I know I'm, I'm a lucky guy. I've been, I've, you know, I've worked hard. I've, you know, it's been awesome. But I try to make room for all that stuff to a detriment sometimes because, yeah. I, you know, I end up telling a kid <laughs> how to connect a line in Illustrator or something. You know. <laughs> and my girl Lee will just be like, just tell that fuckwit to just go and, and, we'll and Google and, it. Google, it. you know i know i know i know i you know it's just the sense of i get i get a lot of the third email which is i call it the third email because it's you get the first email like this is never going to get to you um here's my problem and you know help and then i the second email is me like hey this is what it is thank you for hitting me up i'm getting back to it take care of yourself i try to cinch it up you know right. sometimes and uh there's always a third email of like it was you yeah it was I said it on Rob's podcast. I said it on so and so's podcast. <laughs> I get all the email and it's me, and I got to sort through that shit. Don't send me your 99 megabyte fucking portfolio that's going to clog up my Google. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know,
0: well, well, what happens is I think people will get, and this would be, a, I'd love to get your, your input on this. So early on, all these doors are opening up, right? I'm meeting all these people. I can't believe how, how well it's going. I'm excited. I'm, I'm meeting, you know, they say, don't meet your heroes. I say, meet them. By the way, some of your heroes might be assholes. Just happens. But most of them, though, for the most part, pretty cool, right? But the thing, the secret sauce, if you will, of the of the whole thing is, and I got this from my friend Cy Wakeman. I've quoted this at nauseum, and she taught it to me. But it's don't be transactional so that so that you can become transformational the second that you go in for the ask you're like dead in the water mm-hmm. and and i had i learned that lesson personally like the hard way but it's so true i mean i have friends that i've made through the podcast like one of my um, good friends one of my there there needs to be like a new word for like an internet pen pal just somebody right, that right,
1: you- right. i mean i i listen we, we joke about it all the time where Lisa, yeah. like, those are internet friends and i say listen
0: the no, real friends what? you talk when to I'm back
1: on the road I'm gonna see Clark or right. She's friends with those guys too, but you know the idea is there's you know she likes Clark in Britain. So then they, they suddenly make make the cut because she's just like you got to be careful because you've only talked to this kid on the email. Here's the deal: we've shared a lot of stuff, right? And you, know, you see each other on year, Facebook
0: every day. You interact well, with them; they become your friends. In
1: the last year, you know what else do we have? So there exactly. was a
0: connection all this stuff, you
1: know? So I, don't, that, I like that
0: everyone's home with nothing better to do. And they just kind of have to like feel bad for me. And eventually I kind of like wear them down to be my friend. But real quick, though, just to wrap up that one thing I was saying, uh, this guy, uh, Mathieu Béton, he's, he's French. It's Mathieu Béton, Bet- if you want to be all American about it. But Mathieu Béton, he's uh, Dave Chappelle's photographer. He's John mm-hmm. Mayer's photographer. He's worked with Quincy Jones, Lenny Kravitz, like the list goes on and on, right? I think he's a he's a great example. Our friendship works because I don't say, "Can you get me tickets to John Mayer? Can I can, can I meet Lenny Kravitz? Can I can, like?" I, it's really important if you like. Sure. It's amazing the relationships that you can build if you don't get transactional about things. Like we we are friends because I like him for him, and I think that you probably have that too, where it's like, "Hey, like." nice and tell me if this is true I'm, I'm making a lot of big assumptions but they're like hey like loved your talk at you know in indianapolis or whatever like really great and you're like hey no problem and it's like can i work for you here's my portfolio can you sign this thing
1: yeah, the
0: tricky get, uh thing you know
1: i get i get i get some of that stuff um, a little bit of fanboying oh yeah i get a lot of it but you know um when they see that you're busy and then they can listen to you talk about it like i did this thing called factory for you saw it either this shit. yeah He's winging it but they can hear me say it was a busy week or it was a mellow week or I'm, you know, and and have a connection to like, maybe I shouldn't show my portfolio today, you know, and then I'll get them on Tuesday or whatever it is, you know, a couple of days later, um, um, you know, it's part of it. It's my job and my duty as a human and as a sort of harbinger of trying to be a good citizen to write this kid back and say, hey man, you know, it's just me. I mean, you've heard me for years now talk about this. stuff. <laughs> you know, it's just me and it's I- It's a one man band. I've told you that I don't really, I, where would you even sit? <laughs> but I just will say, Hey, pages two, three, and seven are, are really great, but you hate six and four are a little weird. You got to really watch it because I can just see your direct reference and scrap those and just show me something you love to make. You know, I don't care what you got for a grade, you know, on this one, you know, go and, and, and show me things that you just want to go manifest this stuff. So, you know, listen, you know, all these things about transactional, you know, I, you know, I, I understand. It's a. It's like I don't know how to say it. It's like I'm working for a guy right now from a band Pearl Jam. Yes. His name is Jeff Ament. Jeff Ament, and he is fucking. He's Pearl Jam, okay, and grunge <laughs> and all this. And I know it's kind of dated now. It's suddenly classic rock, but I have those first three records, and I I I got them when I was 18 years old, you know, and, and just starting my life and um, going out on my own. And of course, I remember that stuff. But when I talk to him, I just pretend that he's a fellow artists and skateboarder and stuff and and I have to be careful because the moment I lapse and kind of go get me a backstage pass I want the biggest backstage pass (laughs) on my neck dangling that's gonna happen I already told him I said I'm gonna be totally cool with you we're gonna get the project done it's not for Pearl Jam it's for his skate park foundation that he does he builds skate parks for kids all over uh Native Native American reservations that's the fucking coolest because you know it's hard to get a skate park anywhere right. much less on a reservation where it's like it's rough he does that and i don't care if there's any money involved i just wanted to help and i got to and i made a bunch of graphics for him but when we get done and the you know he paid me some money and all that cinched up i'm just gonna say listen man you're fucking pearl jam I'm coming to a show. I'm getting the biggest backstage pass. I want all action. I want to be digging in Eddie Vedder's <laughs> gym bag. I'm doing it because you're that guy. I've had to keep my cool for fucking two months on the phone and everything in emails <laughs> with you, trying to protect- Yeah, eventually think so you
0: got to cash in. You got you to build I some equity. to tell
1: him that I had hit He knows, he yeah. knows, he knows. But I'm to need to tell him, because I told him, I said, Next time you're in Portland, you're coming and signing those couple records for me. God damn it! You know, I had a buddy bring a guitar. You see that orange guitar? My buddy Saul Cole. I got to. I saw that book. right
0: away because you know me. I love orange. That's my color. Well, That's that mid-century flow. Yeah. Well,
1: Saul brought me a guitar, and I had I found Saul's one of one of the bands he was in a band called The Charms. Uh, you know, I found it from the '80s, and I made Saul sign his record because he made a record, and. Saul is not a pro jam, but he's a hero to me. He makes beautiful guitars and they're awesome. And I got to get one because I didn't help redo his logo through Gary Hustwit from Helvetica and stuff. Those, are, those guys are like best buddies. You know, they grew up together. So, right. um, you know, that charm of like, you know, now when I sign a book, that's that moment where it goes ape shit and I know how to handle it and make it fun for the person who kind of crossed the line to be like, oh, and I just kind of go, of course, I'll sign your feel. I watched them go. Of course, I'll sign your baby. Well, they, you know, they, you know. Um, <laughs> I've signed one boob, but that was on a, a man, and we don't need to get into it. But um, I did do that. Uh,
0: so sure your girlfriend's really
1: tricky. Well, I was just like, really, you know. And he's, I'm like, you should get it tattooed, motherfucker. That was some kid in Iowa, you know. And he, you know, and uh, but did he? I see people be really. No, he didn't get it. Uh, <laughs> I see people be gentle. Because they think you're, they're going to put you out. And I know how to, I sense that right away and say, of course. Now, the other way around, when I went and met Jeff Tweedy from a band, the band Wilco, I've been listening to Wilco for 25 years. And I have liked Jeff Tweedy for 29 years from Uncle Tupelo and a couple other bands. And he saw me squirm and go, I brought all my record covers. Can you sign them? And it was like 20 record covers because he's had <laughs> Peter four and Uncle Tupelo loose fur. There's just a lot of stuff, 16 Wilcos, whatever it was. Right. And, you know, I brought him and we like fanned him out on a table as if it was like um, a mortgage for the poor guy. And he <laughs> did it for me. And I just really appreciate that. It's one little part of his life. It was 10 minutes, but I'll never forget it. And I understand now when I'm in the airport and a kid comes up to me and his hands are shaking on whatever level, one one hundredth of that Jeff Tweedy thing, that's his. And I'm really careful about that. I just get him right down to like, you wanna hang out? Carry my fucking bags in with me. I'm tired of lugging this shit around. I just got out of the cab. You know, and the kid's like, all right, you know, we lug the stuff in and I dig in there and I get him some field notes and stickers and say, Well, I mean, it is just me, you know, it's just me. I mean, I I got into the cab at the house, and I drove the you know cab drove me here, and I got out at the airport, and I have to lug this shit in, and you know you can't bring it all in, and then go run up to the curb. You have to do it six feet at a time, otherwise you get in trouble by you know the 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 the, the, the police, the transit police. So you know in that moment they realize he is a regular person, right? And I reach back out to him because now I get a lot of this stuff like, hey, it's Rob Johnson from that one time we walked past each other in New York City. And I will go hi rob how you been you know, it's, you're kind of full of shit but you know yeah you, you get that moment and that's where you can see it in their eyes a little twinkle of like we had lunch together at some <laughs> show in omaha and it's like and, and it takes me a couple seconds i remember yeah you know yeah. Um, there you are and and uh all that stuff is part of the you know part of the mix part and, of the uh, magic yeah yeah you know listen when i've got to go out on the road and i don't need to name any names but i would be at these larger things with big names and i remember the organizers would say to me they'd say are you sure you want to go out and have a merch table You're fucking right i do i want to go sell some shit we're not here to make friends that's what's going on in my mind um but i want to go meet the kids and hang out and be i want to be a camper i didn't get to be that camper one time when we went to a uh Brand new conference with Armin there. You know, Armin, you know, brand new I'm conference. A fan. Well, geez, those two, man, they're smart people. <laughs> okay.
0: I love them. I love brand new. I can't stand the people in the comments. That's what I'll say about oh, it. See, I, th-
1: I know. I, I I'm a subscriber.
0: I, I pay. When they when they went paid, I was excited and happy for them. Open well, invite if you guys want to come on the show. Big fan. Been since college. I'll put you I want to throw punch some of the people in the comment section there. Yeah, I mean, all the experts. Not everyone, but most know, of them. I
1: know. I know. Well,
0: But I I fully support brand new. I know I I want to while we're here on the record, I just want to clear this up. I love every day I go look and see the noted, the reviewed. Big fan of the platform. I love it. The comment section. There's some thoughtful critiques on there, but there's just some people on there that are like contrarians, just for the sake of of like being an asshole. I hate that shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, fuck the whatever. Well. Oh, go support brand new i love them
1: yeah I, well, brand new I, I didn't know it was like a paid thing i guess i still look and see it you know once a week i go just scroll a couple things and i just want to see what they're up i think today. for like
0: unlimited it's like a tiered kind of operation
1: uh, well i mean those guys are gonna make a living i mean i guess hell yeah uh, absolutely you know, um uh in, anywho you know at that show there were all massimo was there. damn and there were some other people and and They just didn't really interact with any of the kids. I went right out there. Because here's the deal. I wanted to just go be a camper. I wanted to go to brand new and just see what was on the stage. And of course, if I can sell some shit, I'm going to sell some shit. But that's the way, that's where my mind goes. It's not this thing where like, I've just been in a lot of situations where like, I'm in the backstage and people are like, oh, you're going out there for your merch table. Oh, and it's like. You laugh now. I'm going to go make three grand. Look at that laptop you're working on. That thing's a piece of shit. I'm going to make a laptop now. And I'm going to meet every <laughs> kid. And we're going to go out and they're going to drink and barf all of each other. And I'm going to have one little drink and howl at the moon. And we're going to be friends. And I get to see so-and-so and so-and-so. And she's coming and he's coming and you know, all this cool shit. And you're going to ha- you're going back to the hotel?
0: Do it. I can picture I you crowd surfing in this in this, in this <laughs> setting. Yeah. I have a couple of people lined up.
1: Well, really, there's a That's lot of good. lot of mass here. You know, you have yeah. to have some very strong arms. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, here's the deal. If this stuff didn't happen, it's okay. Eventually, I would have been able to go to a, a Adobe Max and just been a, 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 a fan walking through the crowd. And I get to still do that now. But now I have people stop me and it's fun and it's all part of the deal. And when our merch table at that thing is... Fucking ape shit. So everyone who goes there and buys something,
0: thank you. Yes. When we can, we're going to go do it again. But I would have been just as okay being the kid going there and buying a ticket. Thank you for doing this. Uh, where can people find you online? What's the best place to get in touch? What are you selling? Uh, where can people buy merch? You're going to save me one of those watches, right? Those watches are cool. Oh, my there, God. Listen. Another okay,
1: Let me get a word in here. Other, edgewise there, Rob Johnson. Go <laughs> the in there. Fucking dial up that Alta Vista web crawler and go to draplin.com. Go get that Lycos uh, 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 GeoCities Cash account revved up. Get your all. Get that thing hooked in. Come to draplin.com and get some merch, backslash merch. Get some merch. Go to fieldnotesbrand.com. Go to DDC Book and then go to Amazon and get the book. Uh, go to DDC Fonts and buy your new Bolden Bot. Button in bold font, go to Skillshare, watch some videos, go to Rumpel, buy a blanket. There's
0: a lot Your of- Skillshare scare yeah. You hey. See now you're fucking me up. Your Skillshare yeah. stuff is awesome, man. There's I had a uh, Matt Cooper who's the CEO of Skillshare, great guy. Really cool Fun dude, guy. by the way. What? i young guy, I'm always saying. Yeah, he's young. I look like him right now. This is like something that he would wear. Um, he uh, was on the show, loved, I love Skillshare, but uh, some of the, the the quality of the stuff can be all over. And, and they're transparent about that. They have like their um, sort of their flagship sort of yeah. videos that they put forward yeah. and then some all different, but I love Skillshare. Uh, but your videos in particular, they have a, a funness to them. And if and if you're at home and, and this wasn't – if all this value wasn't enough for you, go check out Aaron's uh, Skillshare classes. We try to make fun. them fun. You know, I mean that's – Yeah, you don't take yourself seriously. Some of them are like, hi, today we're going to be talking about. Right.
1: And, and, right. and listen, that has its place too. I mean what's interesting is if, you know, when you – this is my little thing I do. My factory floor is a piece of shit, by the way. It's about 12 bucks. It's a little – I don't know what it is. It's some kind of a – Back scratcher. It holds my camera, you know. It holds together. But what I like about Skillshare is that someone can go put their phone up, and if they have some stuff to share with you, they can on that platform. And I like that. I like that sort of democratization. Now, listen, doesn't mean it's going to have no explosion. Hopefully, they'll sponsor my
0: show. Sponsor my show. This is free advertising. I'm going to charge. We're going to send an invoice for this.
1: Well, I, I mean, what's like? I know there's a lot of competitors out there, but you know, how you know. I quickly show how much I don't know about what's going on out there. That's one of the first ones I got to and was like, wow, you guys are pretty slick and you want to do this with me? Let's do it. Let's just make sure, you know, here's my ask. If these are the professionals and this is the kids starting out, we have to handle that entire range. I don't want to just do the coolest of the cool or whatever you want to call it. I want to do everybody. So really actually more towards the front. Like I want kids to come in there and be comfortable, be have fun with it. Laugh a little bit at me, laugh at themselves. Yeah. The intro
0: is ridiculous.
1: You know, these fun little things and that's, they were really (laughs) cool with that. And check it out. We don't do one every week. It's, it's one a year and we think it out. And we take a look at the things around us and by the way you know this is we're doing this in january and we're filming the first one in uh, the first week of march and it'll be out sometime in probably early may nice but, you know it's been an incredible set of privileges and awesome and I, I just like to think that we don't ram it down people's throats either you know i mean when hish does one it's right up there i watch that shit, you know of course <laughs> because i want to learn too so we try and but yes. we also just try to keep it doable as yeah. in any kid who comes into that thing they'll get something out of it if you're over here where you're the experts you're gonna find a couple key commands if you're back here with this kid who's just starting out it creates this palette where it's like i can go do whatever i want that's all good stuff right. i made something today so that's
0: what. We yeah i to- need to learn the key commands too that's one of the things like i i, I think that like when i try and do try and do and it's I, kind of fun to be here talking to you but when i try and do over the years, I've tried to do my, uh, the draplin thing, so to speak, the, the, the vector art simplistic, you know, kind of thing. Simplistic is not a good word, but you know what I mean. Uh, but when I try and do that stuff, I can do it. And I've learned about like the, the, the curve tool and the shape builder tool. Oh my God. The the day I found that the shape builder tool, my fucking mind exploded. Um, but now I need to, it's fun. And I'm sort of, Found my my stride with a little bit, but I need to kind of streamline that process. So I'm gonna go take your Skillshare class. Uh, and dude, I we gotta do this again. You're welcome back on the show uh, anytime.
1: Thank you. It's just about the quiver. Whatever you're gonna learn there, your quiver can always add one more little arrow. Okay, that's all it is. Yeah. I learn these things over the course of the week, and you know, there's something new. And then check it out. I forget things too, and my little quiver gets smaller. You know, it happens. And yeah. you know, some people. Will not need to make the DVC looking thick lines or something, but it's all about knowing kind of you know that a really simple thing can have sophistication behind the scenes, or a Dana Tamagotchi or something where it's beautiful floral stuff. And then when you really and it's a complex and you go look at it at one sixty thousandth or whatever, and you see the moves she's making, I will forever be a fan of her because it's beautiful, it's complex. And I couldn't pull it off. You know yes. what I mean? It's so like I aspire to that, and you know, you see that with Hish and you know all these sorts of things. So I'm I can't do that stuff. That. I wish
0: I could. I'm so far. All right, I'm So not, then, that you know, you might not. I wish I could. That
1: for what you need to do, and that's okay. But until someone comes to you and says, "We want to go floral," then you got to go look at some of those things. And that's the idea here is you're just expanding your range of, you know, of, of, of knowledge and fuckery and everything else. and So well, thanks for having me, man. Yes. Welcome Likewise, brother.